What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Life's a Garden. I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you all that this Wednesday, my band Cutthroat will be playing at Bullwhackers for Bike Night, which, today's guest, is the bar manager, the event planner, and the sound engineer for Bullwhackers. He is also a DJ who will be playing at Rappin' the Rivers August 18th and 19th. So go check him out there. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Jason Pearson. Dude, how about those planes today? Oh, the sh- shit. So it was funny because they charged so much, you know, to go to that. Uh-huh. I just stood outside my work and watched them all day. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> I, I'm so, I get that they had to do the practice, but they did it all day. Yeah. And at one point, I was in the shop, and I'm just working. I had my headphones in, and I just feel the rumble, yeah. and I hear just this roar, and I'm like... I thought we were, I legit for a quick second thought we were under attack. What that was, uh, so Kyle, my head of security, he was at the bar and uh, he said he woke up this morning to it and thought that like instantly he grabbed his gun and he's like, it's going down. We're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I legit was, was getting worried for, well, it was either that or like, I was like, that's some loud thunder. Yeah. Cause. Even though it wasn't cloudy out. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then, because I saw him flying around yesterday, so it kind of dawned on me. But, wrecks everywhere. Yeah, I heard there was cars yeah, crashing. and There was actually three wrecks down Broadwater just from them watching it. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was, I mean, it's impressive to see them. And then there's the bigger ones, too, but... God, with them flying around all day, I, I felt like I was in Kiev. Yeah. <laughs> you feel the, the complex rumble sometimes with some of the lower flying planes. Yeah, oh, yeah. The bar was shaking, too. Yeah, and, they, and I get, they were flying real low. Yeah. So that freaked me out. But, uh, yeah, okay, so we got this show coming up here. Really excited about that. So how long have you been doing, like, what exactly is your, like, my uh, role at your Bola? title, yeah. So when I first got hired there, I was maintenance, mm-hmm. and then I would just do events on the side when I was with Waveform. And then once um, my <laughs> my former business partner got fired from there, um, I took on as event coordinator too. Okay. And then it was like two months later, I became the bar manager. So oh wow! I'm all three now, so like I do all three positions basically. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't know you were manager there. Yeah, I what? was. E- I was even manager. I was manager at the time of the last show too. Oh nice! So that's a pretty new role then. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like it was a lot different, you know, because like just doing the events and doing maintenance, I kind of just did my own thing, and then. She, uh, my GM asked me a couple of times if I wanted to do it. I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want to. Like, that's just responsibility I didn't want. Extra and shit. then 
And then finally, like, I was basically doing the role without the title anyway. Mm. So when it came up that the last bar manager was stepping back, she's like, you're already doing it. The only thing that I would really be doing is ordering and scheduling and hiring and firing. So then it was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. But the cool thing about it is, too, is like most of their um, managers end up going salary. I stayed hourly. Oh, okay. So with events and doing maintenance and now the bar, like I get paid, I get overtime regardless. Well, that's nice, too, because, yeah, the salary thing, that gets kind of shitty after a while because you're always having to show up early and stay late and... Coming well, on your days off and do shit like that. I tried to go salary. Yeah. I wanted oh, really? to. And just because I hate clocking in and out, and I always forget to clock in and out. So I was like, well, if I was salary, I wouldn't have to do that. And then they told me the price range of what the bar manager gets salary. I'm like, okay, I'll stay. No, yeah. I'll stay hourly. The difference is definitely more worth it, I'm yeah. sure. So then as far as like the um, promoting and, and doing all that, like the event planning, how long have you been doing that there? It's been quite a while, I feel like. Uh, let's see. Aaron started doing... This was before I partnered with him with Waveform. He got the original residency there last... I want to say it was July. And then I came on in August. Okay. So, and then it was... Uh, me and him were doing stuff all the way up till... I want to say January... December or January, and then they they let him go because he just wasn't fulfilling what they wanted. And since I already I worked there, that it, you know it was just like, hey, you can do it now. And I'm like, okay, I guess. But um, and then we did. I started taking over and officially, I think in February is when I started officially doing events like i would hire djs and stuff like that here and there and then it ended up i just started booking everything Mm. and the nice thing about it is too like um like we were gonna bring cottonmouth kings there yeah um also fix we were gonna do there too but there was a lot of turmoil between the bar manager at that time and aaron they got into a big ordeal, and he ended up moving it to the West. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a decision I didn't agree with, you know, because, like, obviously the reputation that the West have or had at that time as a club, you know? Right. And, like, even, like, with them, like, I love Barb and Dave that own that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're great people. They're always willing to let people do stuff there, but at the same time, they're setting their ways and it's their way or the highway and they were already set doing the 18 club thing and you know and it ended up biting them in the ass essentially you know and now it's closed oh the west is closed the so they went back to the america event center yeah so now they just do events here and there but they're no longer a club anymore wow okay i mean that's not that surprising considering it's just it's so hard to get something like that and it's so weird how certain certain uh places just kind of hone this reputation and just kind of feed this 
this bad crowd. Yeah. Like Bones was one of those places. I thought Bones was a really cool spot, and it's in a decent location. Mm-hmm. It was a good sized bar. They had like the arcade and things like that. But even still, as many times as they tried to reopen that place, it just a lot of. I think a lot of it too, like with with those places and stuff, is who they let run it. Yeah, that definitely you know what is I mean, like. It. With Bones, like, one of my first big shows I've ever DJed was at Bones for Connor. And, like, I loved it. It was a great spot, had a great time, had no problems. And then, like, a few months later, it was like, oh, they have a stabbing now. And then there's a shooting. And then their bouncers aren't doing anything. And the staff are just doing whatever they want. And... You know, and then I did another show there, which went off really good. And then, like, a couple months later, fights and all that stuff, you know. And Bullwhackers was the same way. Yeah, Bullwhackers you know, has always had kind of a... Yeah, it was, you know... Um, when they were trying to do their, like, nightclub type thing. Yeah, when they had the island and stuff, yeah. it was a lot similar, similar thing. And then, even before that, you know, they were considered as a rough dive bar. Yeah. You know, and uh, when they went to the island, it got worse. And then when they switched it back to Bullwhackers, it was kind of like they just let the employees do whatever the hell they wanted and, you know, all that stuff. And they had fights every night and and shootings and stabbings, all that stuff, too, you know. And, like, since I've been there, since I've started doing events there, uh, we've had maybe... Five fights. And that's inevitable anywhere, you yeah. know. There's no, I don't think there's ever been a bar that existed that there wasn't fights at. No. And, as long as it's not known as the reputation of being. Right. Like, Shooters is always one that's yeah. kind of had that well, re- reputation. And the problem with Shooters is, is like, they're, I don't want to slander him. You right. Because I don't, I know Mike, but I don't, like, know, know Mike, you know. I just see, you know, with dealing with him at times and, you know, people that have worked for him and stuff, you know, he's, he's one of those ones, he's tried to, he's tried to revamp it so many times, Yeah. you know, but at, at the end of the day, same way, you know, he just, he ends up letting everybody else run it and then it turns into, oh, well, I want to do this. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, like he changed, he took the dance floor out, the stage, yep. everything, you know, because he didn't want to do live music. Well, now he's doing an after party for Jaw Rule. Oh, really? And I'm like, where are you going to do that at? Yeah, you've like, taken away half the space. Yeah, like, and even uh, talking to the perform- uh, one of the performers of that show, like, she, she's even like, I don't know where we're going to do this after party at. Right. Because we did... The um, Lil, Lil Wayne, Wayne, and it's through the same promoter. Oh, okay. That's doing Jaw Rule, but the only difference is is Mike sponsored the concert, so that's uh, why they're having the after party. I wouldn't sponsor it. Yeah. Because they wanted ten grand, and I'm like, no. Right. You know, like even though like Lil Wayne was a great night for us, it wasn't ten grand worth great night, but it was still a great night. But it's it's a decent. Uh... Like, you, you have a decent idea now of what yeah. that something like that would garner. 
Right. So it's like now that you know that, yeah, it, when, it wouldn't be worth it to spend that money knowing what a crowd or like what an event like that would bring in. Right. You know, and like oh. advertising all this, like Bullwhackers has been here for forty years. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't need that push to where. You know, oh well, Bullwhackers is doing an after party, and you know all that stuff. It's like everybody knows we're there. Yeah. You know, and we've changed a lot of stuff since being there, or at least since I've been there. You know, like the center bar has all new LED lights in it. Yeah, I saw that. That's you pretty know, cool looking too. We have TVs hanging above the bar now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the sound system there, which is mine, the bar don't own that. I own that. You know, and that's changing all the time. You know, doing more live uh, live bands and, you know, showcasing bands and singers and DJs and all that stuff as a whole compared to, I'm just going to do a DJ tonight, pay him 50 bucks, here you go, and he fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've had that too. Sure. You know, because, you know, just like you know, everybody that, you know, is in music... If it's a band or a DJ or whatever, I'm the greatest ever. I'll bring a crowd, you know, all this stuff. And then the moment you bring them on, it's like two people show up. Yeah. You know, and that's what kind of makes it hard, you know, as like a promoter, essentially. But also as, you know, people that you're booking as well. You know, like you guys, you guys had a following way before you even, you know, played at Bullwhackers. Right. You know, and you guys only played, you played with us, what, once? Already? That that was our first time. First show, yeah. you know. Which, it won't be our, well, obviously it won't be our last, but yeah. But we we all agreed that that was a really, like, good experience. And Well, and that's, that's kind of the crazy thing, too, because, like, I've talked to bands, like, Pressure Not is, like, they've performed there even back when it was the island. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to those guys when we first had them come back. Um, cause I ran the sound for them and they're like, this is probably the best we've ever had it here. And like a lot of those guys are a lot older now, you know, but they're like, you know, it was loud, but it wasn't too loud where it was just excruciating, you know? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I, they're like, I was really easy to work with and try to get it right. You know, stuff like that and cater to you guys is what I try to do because not only, you know, doing the events, but it's also, I'm the manager at the same time. I got to make sure you guys are taken care of as long as my staff's taken care of, you know? Right. And it's just kind of making it to where, you know, um, artists or bands or whatever want to come. You know, and I was having a conversation with Aaron a while ago where he's like, because, like, when I left Waveform, he thought I was leaving music, period. Mm. And he's like, well, I'll come, you know, I'll come back and I'll do the events at Bullwhackers. And I said, why? I was like, he's like, well, you're done with music. And I'm like, I never said I was done doing events. I'm just done doing events with you. (laughs) You know, and I was like, at Bullwhackers, it's easy because people come to me to perform. I don't have to go chasing people. Right. You know, or I create those relationships like with you guys going, hey, I got this coming up. If it's something you're interested in, let me know, you know, like bike night. Yeah. You know, and a lot of it's just those relationships that you build with people to be able to book the events that I want to book. Sure. 
you know, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it don't, you know. And that's uh, that's the the name of the game. Yeah. Essentially, that's how the business always operates. But and that's how, as long as you're e- like easy to to work with, people want to work with you. Yeah, that's like how it usually goes. And then, like I said, I've seen shows at Bullwhackers before, and it's not like I had any one way opinion about it either way. But it was just, it never struck me as like a music venue. Mm-hmm. And then now, having played there and having seen the evolutions of it, it does feel more like a music venue. Well, the biggest. Pop- or like it can be. Yeah. Well, like when me and Aaron fir- first started, a lot of people were upset because they're like, oh, you're guy- you guys are trying, to- they're trying to change it into the island. Mm. You know? And at the end of the day, it's a pool hall. Yeah, because that's that's the staple of it. It is a pool hall, and every time I talk to people, you know, they're like, "Oh, well, they're they're just trying to do this and they're trying to do that and they're trying to be more of a club or a venue and stuff like that." And it's like, yes and no, because we're both. And that's not, and that's good. That's good. To that's have, a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Business yeah. wise, it is. You, you want to have multiple things going on. You don't want it to be just one a one note show. Right. And you know, like now, everybody knows we do stuff on Fridays. You know, everybody knows that every once in a while we do stuff on Saturdays. And that usually like Saturdays depends on availability of who wants to come do it. You know, and like bike night and stuff is ran by us or like most shows like on Friday night are run by us. But I also allow people to do their own events there. You know, some are good, some are bad, some draw, some don't, you know, it's just, it is what it is, you know? And that's just kind of the name of it. But as long as I work with people, you know, I, I look at numbers. It's all numbers for me. Sure. You know, like, even when you guys came and played the last, it was one of the biggest nights we had in, like, a month. Awesome. You know, um, like, if we just do a normal DJ, we still do decent, but it's not like when you have live bands. Yeah. You know, like, I've had Spike Mine there probably about three or four times. Do Fish Make Noise played there, like, three times. Um, Like, we just did Mopskito's album release. You know, oh, you were there for that, you know. Um, Which I've known David for a long time. We used to work at Blockbuster together. Oh, wow. Right on. You know, and used to support him, too, even when he was with Asinine and stuff. Mm -hmm. And even you, you know, I've known you for a long time, too, and, you know, the bands you've been in, which, don't hate me, but I can't remember the last band. Calamity. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That horribly made t-shirt. Yeah, that your mom made? Well, we all kind of made them together, <laughs> but that was the worst idea in the history of ideas. I still have a pile of them, and it's like now that I'm now that I've actually doing it the right way. Yeah. Like the merch game is so so I, now that I'm in that world and I kind of know how to do it properly. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy with our merch turnout. Well, yeah, I'm wearing your hat. I know. Right now. They're nice you know. hats, too. Yeah, comfortable. You know, and that's the same thing. Like, you know, even doing I like, I support, you know, local music a lot. You know, like, even at, at you know, your guys' show, bought a hat, 
and you know have your guys' set list hanging on on the wall at the bar um like 406 josh and the, and uh marcus and them you know i support them by by their shirts and stuff and i'm uh djing for them at rapping the rivers this next weekend nice um noah or elevated jay i djing for him we're kind of working some stuff together and we have a big pre-party tomorrow night, you know, for Rap in the Rivers, where all the Montana hip-hop artists that are on that festival that are uh, that are going to perform for, and, you know, just stuff like that, and being able to, you know, support you guys and what you do, and, you know, and it makes me money at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice give and take. Yeah. And that's how it's, same with us, you know. Mm-hmm. We're we're giving you guys, enter, like the the product that we can you know we're we're uh, performing, mm-hmm. but it's also good for us to get promotion out there. It's good for us to sell our merch and to sell ourselves to other people. That was another thing about playing here was it was just like finally we have a new venue we can yeah. kind of try other than like the two that we've been playing. What? That's the crazy thing too because like I love the guys at Craft Local like I love Sean. You know the uh, what's it Myers the oh, yeah. sound engineer yeah. like he did Cottonmouth Kings for us oh nice and and that was at Bullwhackers that was at the West oh, okay okay um, I can't remember yeah he he came and I I hired him to do sound because like I grew up on Cottonmouth Kings so I wanted to, not only being the promoter for the show I wanted to actually enjoy it be a fan you know because normally like at all our shows I run sound for all of them yeah you know and I'm running around so so much that i don't get to actually enjoy the show and i mean even that show i didn't get to because i was still running around doing everything but you know just stuff like that like he's a great guy and stuff you know and he's offered to come do sound at bowls for me if i needed him to and you know and even like thirsty street you know i don't i don't know if they're doing too much stuff that much anymore we have a gig there in October. Yeah. Okay. But it's been pretty... It was kind of difficult to book that gig. It seemed like the the lanes of communication weren't exactly uh, yeah. tip-top. But we got it done, so... And it seems like it's kind of 50-50 whether or not they have shows there or not. Right. You know, like, Craft Local is one of the bigger staples as far as local music. Like, Pub Station was at first. Yeah, it's... Well, now that I think the COVID shit is been wrapping up and more bands are getting out there they're starting to book more shows however have you noticed how many bands cancel those Mm -hmm. and part of me wonders is it always like some exterior force or is there something going on there that's causing this because it seems too often to be a coincidence and I've heard some I've heard some like and I'm not and I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody because I don't want to like blacklist myself from right. the pub station but i've just heard a few tales that are like and whether they're rumors or not it's just i also know a few local bands that do not like to play there it, because of like the politics and things like that i don't think it's so much politics it's the way they run it sure which you is know, because they're they're another one you know like when you i i dj'd a wedding there um whoosh Shit, it was last last year. I think it was last year. Um, 
But even like when I went in there, it's very easy because it's like plug and play, you know, because they have their own sound engineers and stuff. Uh-huh. But they are so hard to work with really? because it's like, they're like, oh yeah, you can plug here and I got this for you and all this stuff. And then you just tell me when and I'll turn you up. And then, But the problem with it is, is they sit there and go, this is as loud as you're going to get and I'm not changing it. And then they leave. And that's kind of the hard part where, like, and, and you've seen, like, at your guys' last show at, at our place, like, I'm there all night. Yeah. You know, and I'm turning you up and turning you down. I'm making sure you're not feeding back, you know, all that stuff. They don't do that there. Mm-hmm. It's set you up, leave, come back when you're done. You know, and they've changed staff so much. That makes it hard. That makes it very hard because, like, even when I DJed that wedding, dealing with their event manager then, like, he was really cool. He's like, hey, you need anything? Just let me know. You know, we'll get it done for you. And then their head sound engineer was there for five minutes. Hmm. And he's like, oh, all you got is a DJ board. That's it. You know, and I'm like, okay, that's what... You know, I can do this shit myself if you want me to. <laughs> it makes it hard to keep consistency for sure if you're always moving your staff around. And I've noticed too, like the the event planners or whoever I have to try and get a hold of to try and book something there, it's always different. Yeah. Well, and they all do stuff different ways. Yeah. Right. Like, even if I have, like, I'm looking for a sound engineer for Bullwhackers because. I don't want to be there all the time. You know, I got stuff that I want to do and be able to, you know, spend more time with my family, you know, stuff like that, because the more events we have, the more I'm there. Because it's my system, so I run it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm finally trying to find somebody that can run it that I know is not going to blow it up. Yeah. You know, and, like, after taking the manager role and stuff, I'm like, I don't have time for this shit. You know, and, like, I don't have the desire to do it either. You know, it's like, I like being at the shows and watching, you know, the artists perform and all that stuff. But even, like, running the show, I have to run the bar at the same time. So it's like, if you guys are in the middle of changeover and you need, you know, cables and all that stuff, when I'm dealing with the bartender because of whatever reason, now you're trying to find me and then I got to make sure I'm back in there by the time your set's over... To do changeover for the next band or the next artist or the next DJ or whatever, you know, I'm just being pulled 50 ways. And it would, yeah, that sounds like it would definitely be a helping hand to have somebody else. Just somebody else there to be able to go, okay, he needs to be turned down or need to EQ him a little more, you know, turn them up just a little bit, you know. But the other easier part is too is like I don't have you guys hooking into the system. Yeah. Because. And the reason that I do that, and I always explain to every every band that comes in, is look at the space you're in. When you're on the stage, you're hitting the other wall. Now, I'm not trying to get you to reach clear over there at the other side of the bar, because I don't need to. Right. You know, because one, you know, people that are, like, playing pool, that's why the pool tables are over there. Yeah. You know, because they might be there for the show or whatever. The people that just want to come play pool, that's why they're over there to play pool. You know, and you want to draw people to where you're at, not the other side of the bar. Yeah. You know, and, 
like especially with metal bands and stuff you know you guys are just so loud anyway it doesn't make <laughs> sense you know and that's why i don't you know the only thing i normally try to get is your kick drum maybe your snare um like the last show um with uh fish you know they wanted overhead mics over the drum set which didn't make sense to me but i'm like okay you know because they brought their own mm. you know so i was like all right i can do it you know but if you're running all that through the pa system now you're just drowning out your vocals right well people want to hear your vocals you know they want to hear how the band too but they also want to hear the vocals and they're not going to miss out on any of it right because it's all smack dab right in the face anyway yeah you know but you singing in the microphone, you know, they can't hear you unless they're standing right in front of the stage, you know, and that's why I just run vocals through that. That makes sense. You know, and I've had a couple bands and stuff go, well, that doesn't make sense not to put us in. Well, your amp is loud enough yeah. to be able to do that. And if it's not, what are you doing? Yeah, like, and realistically, if I wanted to, all you have to bring is your pedal board and your guitar, and then I can run you through the whole system. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know. But when you have your own racks and everything like that, like, um, Render Me Silent's another one. Like, I love those guys. They're great to work with and stuff. Their in-ear monitor system I fucking hate because they already have it preset, and they just hook right into my snake, and, you know... Just so they can hear them, but the problem is, is all their instruments run through their rack, too, because they need to be able to hear themselves through their in-ear setup. Yeah. And I get a lot of feedback doing it that way, uh. because they're like, oh, we're getting feedback, and I'm like, yes, because my EQ is fighting with your EQ, trying to get it to work right. And you're not going to change yours because you already have your set the way you like it. So now I'm fighting it all night, you know, your whole set, trying to get it to sound good. Right. You know, and usually once you explain that to them, they're like, okay, that makes sense. You know, even like with not plugging in, it's like you're hitting 50 feet mm -hmm. because it's going to hit that wall and bounce right back at you anyway. But that's also why I set the speakers up the way that I do. That you have the two in the back that are pointing towards you and the two in the front that are pointing towards the crowd. Because you get that 360 sound all the way around. So, like, with you guys being so loud in the front, they can still hear your vocals because they're coming from the back. Right. And they're coming from the front. You know? And especially like um, with your mom sitting at the at the bar and stuff like that all I had all I did was just turn the speaker so they could hear you, you right. know cuz they can hear your band anybody can hear your band yeah you know but they want to hear you they want to hear the words they want to hear you know the song all together you know and it just doesn't make sense to put all that through the PA system cuz it's just going to drown you out sure you know, if we were outside, total different story. Like, bike night, we'll be outside. That's what I was going to ask. So, and you're running the sound for that one, too? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you're just taking your system that you already have and putting it out there? Um, Half of it. Gotcha. Um, Is not... it going to be on one of those, like, trailer stages? No. So, I tried to get one of the city stages uh -huh. until they wanted $1,000 for yeah. it. And I'm like, $1,000 for three hours doesn't make sense to me. Right. Now, if we were doing all day... 
that would be different because you're you're renting it for the whole day. Right. You know, and even if I would have rented it, most of the day would just have been set up and then once it was done then it's it would sit for four hours and then you guys play for, you know, an hour and a half and Forrest plays for an hour, hour and a half or whatever, you know, then it's done. And then I gotta pay for them to come get it. Right. You know, so that doesn't make sense to me. You know, but I have um, a good friend that owns um, an inflatable company that does stages and, um, you know, all that stuff. And I'm going to talk to him about bringing me a platform. Nice. So that that way we could do it like that. Because it starts at 6, goes till 9. It's going to start cooling, ar- cooling down around that time, too. So I'm hoping it's not like 100 degrees that day or that's really gonna fucking suck especially for you guys (laughs) you know but i'm gonna try to go get one of those big fans too to kind of blow on you guys as well um but also that same like bike night this is the first bike night bullwhackers has had in like years really you know so like when uh they allowed us to do it i wanted to try to make it as big as possible of course you know like i was originally gonna get multiple food trucks and then um, I was going to get multiple acts, you know, split up to three hours. Because one person that plays three hours sucks. You know, like we've had Spike Mind do four hours before. Bam. You know, and they loved it, but they hated it at the same time. Right. You know, they have the material to be able to do it. Not everybody's like that. Yeah. You know, like Forrest, you know, he knows a lot of country. You know, and he does great at that. But I also wanted to do something different. You know, than just one band playing classic rock or country or metal or whatever. So, like, um, when he said he'd do it, I was like, cool. And I was like, now i got to find something that's different from him. And that's when I asked you guys, because it kind of gives you that, you know, that difference that everybody would like. That variety that everybody would like. Yeah. You know, and then... Um, bike, my, bike night's just so... It's iffy, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, if you're in it at the beginning, it's packed. But once you get towards the end, like we are now, it's kind of hit and miss who's going to show up, who's going to not. But a, a lot of what I've heard, especially like a lot of the bikers that go with the Squire and a lot of the ones that come into ours, is that a lot of them are talking about just the fact that Bullwhackers is doing it. Yeah. You know, because we haven't done it in so long. So a lot of them are excited for that. Cool. And I'm going to try to get a dunk tank. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> you know, um, and stuff like that. Just because, you know. Like you said, bigger. Like, make it big. Make it big. Make it grand. Yeah, you know, and even even if we don't do it again, hopefully at least people remember it. Sure. You know what I mean? And, like, even having you guys on, you guys have your own following and stuff, too, and a lot of them are bikers, and a lot of mm-hmm. them are, you know, stuff like that, and, you know, so I know that would be a big pull for us as well, and, you know, I'm just, I'm only having one food truck this time, because I didn't want it, if it wasn't a big hit, I'd feel bad for two of them instead of just one. <laughs> yeah, might as well let one just get all the business, and then, yeah. and then you're not having to spend on... Yeah, like, we're having... um we're going to have two outdoor bars. Nice. Um, that way, 
plus we'll have a bartender inside too so you know if it if it does get packed and and you know the lines out out the wazoo for the outside bars and still go inside and get a drink in there too you know um you know and just try to bring a good experience and you know hopefully it pans out and everybody likes it and keeps coming back oh yeah yeah if it's a good good enough set yeah. we'll have to do it again Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, I wanted to try to plan an out uh, a summer parking lot party, but I'm I pulled back on that just because I'm waiting for a parking lot to get redone. Oh yeah. Um, because we have a new owner that's taking over, and he wants to do a lot of the renovating inside. He wants to keep it the same, but just upgrade everything. Right. Like the outside is shitty. Um. The floor inside the bar is shitty because they put laminate over the fucking carpet. Oh, you know, if you go in there, one of these times, if you ever go in there and just look at the floor at an angle, you'll see it. Huh. Wavy. And, but and then he's going to do our parking lot and stuff. So we're really excited about that. And Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's always nice to get, like, fresh renovation stuff like that. Yeah. So It's much needed. A little bit of a facelift. Yeah, well, I mean, shit, even when he was Bullwhackers and then went to the island and then back to Bullwhackers and he never renovated anything. Yeah. All they added was the stage. Mm-hmm. That was it. You know, and did the floor one time and, you know, but the owner at the time just kept finding the cheapest person they could find or, you know, someone that goes to the bar goes, I could do that. You know, cause <laughs> yeah. we get that a lot. Oh, I bet. You know. And that's just like DJs and shit. You know, you throw a rock, you hit ten of them, and only nine and a half of them are actually good. Sure. <laughs> so how long have you been DJing then? Um, I actually started DJing in 2018. I think it was 2018. Okay. Um, I never DJed before. Mm-hmm. And then one of my um, friends was getting married, and she booked a DJ that ripped her off. Mm. And me and my brother was like, as a wedding gift, we'll DJ your wedding. We're like, how how fucking hard could it be, you know? It is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Hers wasn't so bad because we knew her, you know, but... Um, we went out and we rented a one of those huge stereos from Rena Center. Did it off a laptop, you know. Um, they just told us the songs that they wanted during the ceremony and all that stuff, and then we just played random music throughout the night. Well, when we did that, like I enjoyed it, but originally I was supposed to start um, our company with him Mm. it was supposed to be me and him and then he flaked out so i'm like well shit i already started buying stuff i already um our good friend ira made our logo and stuff and um kept going with it and you know just learning as i went as far as weddings you know because weddings do pay you know not when you're starting out right (laughs) obviously you know, like you're charging 300 bucks or 500 bucks or whatever, and you're doing all this work for it. And then I think, shit, I did a lot of stuff for free like the first three years. Damn. 
and didn't make a whole lot of money. And that's how you build it up, though. I mean, you got to get the experience. You got to prove yourself as like a reliable person. It's the reputation yeah, yeah, yeah. part, you know. And like, I got to credit my wife because she was very patient with me <laughs> throughout the whole process, especially when like it's like, oh, I have a wedding coming up. She's like, oh, well, how much you making? Like nothing. <laughs> pretty much nothing, you know. Might be breaking even. Well, and that was the same thing. Like, like me and Aaron tried to partner up again be, before Waveform. And we did, I think it was like 60 EDM shows in oh, the wow. summer. And made no fucking money. Really? None. Why is that? Just Because he was doing it. We were at the Red Door. Mm-hmm. And it was... We'll allow you to throw throw your own shows. You can charge a door if you want, and you know, and whatever you make of the door is yours. You know, we might do a split at the bar with you. Like it was like ten percent or whatever, twenty percent or whatever the bar made in the area we were in. And I don't know if you've been to any EDM shows, you know, like here in town. It has a very specific following. Yeah, I can see that. Of like. 10 people. <laughs> so we were doing all these shows making no money, especially with me, you know, spending all this money on equipment and all that stuff myself mm-hmm. and, and doing all these shows, setting them up, tearing them down every week. The amount of hours that I put in just doing that and making no money, I had to get the fuck out of it. You know, and then I went back to doing weddings and stuff. And weddings are hard, too, just in the simple fact of if you don't have a a, a big reputation in weddings, like, it's hard to get weddings. It yeah. It's really hard. And that's the same with, like, photography or right. just anything that goes along with weddings because everybody's so particular and it's a big deal. Yeah. And, like... I spent so much time promoting, doing weddings for other people, um, you know, like spent money like on Yelp, which is a fucking ripoff, and, you know, Facebook promotion, and uh, like all my friends would recommend me, and all that stuff, when everybody on Facebook's like, um, you know, in search of a DJ and all that stuff, and like I started getting pretty popular. And then I started subcontracting through a couple of the other DJ companies in town and stuff. So I build my reputation that way as well without trying to, you know, do all the extra promoting and all the well, extra. It wasn't so much that I just didn't want to take away from their business because oh, they were hiring oh, yeah. me to do weddings for them. You sure. know what I mean? Like, uh, like Casey, like he's one of the bi- he has one of the biggest DJ companies, at least in town, mm. you know, as far as weddings and stuff. And I would subcontract through him, you know, and he paid me good, you know. And, but then you got the other ones that are like, oh, I'll give you $10 an hour. And I'm like, hey, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, you it's know? like, I'll go like, work at McDonald's. Yeah, and, and then I got into the, like, I went from weddings to live music um, through my buddy Ira that did my logo and stuff. 
he's been doing music here in, in town for a long time. And uh, I did the Twisted Insane concert at Bones. Okay. Um, that was the first big show I've ever DJed for Connor. For Connor. And then um, Connor allowed me to come back for Stevie Stone. So I did that at Bones as well. And then um, I ended up going, did some stuff with the dance studio for a while. We owned our own dance studio at one time. Um, I'll never do that shit again. <laughs> Why is that? Just a lot of it is like I give people too much credit when they have ideas. Mm. You know, they're like, hey, this would be a great idea if we do this. We could totally do this ourselves. And it always turns out I do all the work and it never works out because they don't want to do the work. Mm. You know, and or... I was just the idea guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, you can do it all. You know, because I'm very good at that. But at the end of the day, if I'm doing it all myself, I get burnt out. I don't want to do it anymore. Well, yeah, nobody wants to do that. You know, and then um, I started getting like really really bi- i shit i've done sound my stepdad was a sound engineer really yeah and that's where i started doing it it was just kind of here and there not really you know kind of watching him do it and all that stuff and then once we started our own dj company and stuff and doing live live shows and stuff like that i like being a sound engineer more than i like being a dj like but i'm a very good dj at at the same time, you know, and... Well, it's nice to have a few trades. Right, and, it, like, even now, like, this year has been my busiest as far as, like, actually DJing. Like, um, we did the festival down in Colorado that uh, I ran the sound for and DJed at. Um, the Rapid Rivers Festival this next weekend, I'm DJing at that one. That's cool. Um, Where's that at? In Three Forks. Oh, same as Rockin' Rivers. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Um, or Cardwell... Cardwell, Montana. It's the same area. Yeah. The same area. You know. Um, also, like, I've done, I've DJed at the bar. I've DJed at the pub station. You know, stuff like that. And, like, even now, like, I get people asking me all the time when I'm going to DJ. And, I'm, and I always say, you got to pay me more first. Yeah. You know, because I've done the work and I've, you know, built that reputation of where I can say that now, you know, you got to know your worth. Yeah. And like, and I'll do it on occasions. Like if we're doing a hip hop show, I'll do the DJ for it, you know, because that's what I am. I'm a hip hop DJ, you know, and I work with a lot of the hip hop artists in town and stuff like that. And, you know, but like, if I can't find a DJ, I'll do it. You know, that's nice. But also on the other hand of that, you know, I don't really care to DJ that much anymore. Gotcha. Like, I retired from weddings. Like, um, sorry, got to give her the keys. That's all good. <laughs> um, see, I did a wedding in June out at Roberts, Montana. Oh, okay, yeah. And I got to Roberts, and then it was six miles more from there on a private private uh, estate. And it was cool. Like, the wedding went great. Like, 
you know, all that stuff. But after that and doing that by myself, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm so tired of it. Yeah. Like, I like doing weddings, but I hate them at the same time. And it's it's not that, you know, um, dealing with brides and, you know, grooms and all that stuff is the problem. Because a lot of them have been really cool. I get hate running the weddings for them. Because that's not what I'm there for. Right. Half the time when they have a wedding planner, I'm still doing it. You know, or or they're like, I don't know, what do you think? And I'm like... It's your wedding. Yeah, like, what do you want me to I'm do? I'm not here to give you ideas about your wedding. Right, and, like, even that wedding in particular, we were going through all their special dances, and then they just left to go take pictures. And then... I'm like, well, we still got this one dance to do, and they just walked off. So I just started DJing. Yeah. And then they came back two hours later, and they're like, okay, we can do the rest of it now. And I'm like, I have everybody dancing right now. I am, I do not want to stop it so you can do your, uh, your garter toss and all that shit. When, realistically, that shit don't matter. Yeah, nobody cares. You know, and... It's just tradition. That's stupid. it's tradition, you know. But as, and which I respect, and I respect, you know, what they want to do for their wedding and stuff. And I try to make it, you know, as memorable as I can. But I'm sure it's still just a headache. It's still a headache, and then people are looking at you like, "Why are we stopping?" And it's like, "Cause I'm doing what I'm told." And and like me, I can DJ all day long. I hate talking on a microphone. Yeah, you know. Like, I can do shit like this, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, I can do this. I've been on the radio, you know, stuff like that. But, like, if it's in front of people, not my cup of tea. It's I, I've definitely had to struggle with that as well because I'm so – I get in my head really easy. I'm like, this will sound cool. And then you say something you're like, oh, that sounded stupid. Yeah. And then you just keep trying, and it's like now I'm just afraid that I'm going to say more stupid shit. What, the big part for me is I don't like the sound of my voice. Yeah, I'm not, like, this, doing the podcast has definitely got me over that fear. Yeah. Just having to hear it over and over what? and over again. You want to hear some irony, though? What's that? So, this last weekend, I did a basketball tournament out of Shields. Uh-huh. I do this tournament every year. Uh, it's the, um, above the rim, the guy that does the above the rim three-on-three basketball tournaments. Yeah. And the first year I did it was last year. I didn't have to say shit during it, other than call out the times, which is very easy for me play background music as people are playing call the times you know that way they know what part of the half we're in all that stuff and then this year i did it and i'm like cool it's gonna be the same way sit here chill you know play music he goes here's your paper i'm like my paper for what he's got all our sponsors on it all our food trucks and I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? Because he hosted last time. Uh, and he's like, you're going to be on the microphone this year. And I went, I am, am I? Like, well, that's news. And I'm like, okay. You know, and because I don't have a lot of practice on the microphone. You know, other than doing weddings. Weddings is fairly easy because it's just bam, bam, bam. And I'm bam, sure bam, once bam. you get into a routine of it, it right. becomes like second nature. So when I did uh, did the basketball tournament, I'm, like, running through sponsors. And, like, uh, the first day, I'm like, 
fucking them all up too. Not <laughs> intentionally, but like I'm trying to like, like I'll say their name, but I try to say something about them, and then like the words just would not come out. Or I would start a sentence, and then just it would I would just like fucking blank out halfway through. And then the second day. I'm like, shit, this is easy. I just kept doing it. You know, I was fine with it, you know, having fun. And that's and that's the thing with me. It's like, I got to be comfortable with doing it. Yeah. You know, once I'm comfortable, I have no problem. And then the second day it was funny because, and here's where the irony comes, is I retired from weddings. I'm doing this basketball tournament, and I had a lady come up to ask me to do her wedding (laughs) because her and her fiancé loved the music I was playing, and she's like, it's in Livingston, and we would love for you to come do it, and we love the way that you sound on a microphone. And I went, what? You're like, (laughs) you just said all the things that I don't want to do right and you know and the, and the crazy thing but is, that's not that is a nice compliment it though. is a nice compliment because like you know i've never had anybody ever come up to me and go oh you have a nice voice you you know you should be on radio or whatever and i'm like yeah i don't know about all that that's how i feel too like when i get compliments on anything really that i'm trying to do but if people come up and they're like because that's at the, at the bullwhacker show I had some lady I'd never met before come up to me and just be like, hey, I really like what you're doing with your voice. Like when you're doing this and this and this, I'm like, I don't even know that I'm doing that. Yeah. Like I'm just singing. Like that's like, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. But uh, like, I didn't even know that that's what was happening. I was just, I'm just doing what I do. Well, even working at the bar, like I've got more comfortable talking on the microphone. It helps. Yeah. Especially Getting like at social the, and yeah. And especially like at the end of the night when I got to tell them to get the fuck out. Yeah. You know, because I get to be funny when I do it. You oh, know, yeah. like I'll do stupid shit telling them to get the fuck out, you know. And like just just by that it's maybe more comfortable on a microphone, but I also need to know what I'm saying. Like at the basketball tournament, I didn't know that I was doing that, so I wasn't prepared to do that. Yeah. You know, at weddings, I practice before I get to the wedding, you know, the names the um especially like you know the bride and groom and their their bridal party and all that stuff but also their parents names all that you know everything that i say for the introduction and you know all that you know i practice all that stuff and i usually type it out to where i know what i'm going to say because i always have my ipad there reading it off because i need to know these people's names right you know so that helps out a lot and like at the bar i just got to be stupid you know, and say stupid shit, you know, and that's the nice part about it. You can it. improvise a little bit. Yeah, you know, and, but, like, even when that lady came up to me and said that, you know, I had a great voice and I, you know, if I would come to her wedding, and I'm like, and I told her I retired from doing weddings. And she, like, begged me to come do her wedding. And I'm like, I said yes because, you know, one, that's a compliment. If mm-hmm. somebody really wants you to do their wedding, just based off of the music that I'm playing and I guess the way I sound, you know, I'm like, okay, I can do that, you know, but I ain't booking anymore, you know, and because I, that was a special occasion. That was just like a, a special a, thing, a random, random. And the fact she came up to me while I was announcing a basketball tournament, I'm like, okay, that, that does say something, you know? Yeah. Well, that's cool though. Yeah. And like, I love being a sound engineer. Like yeah. I love dealing with, with bands and artists and singers and stuff 
you know, and being able to kind of toy, you know, with different EQs and stuff like that. DJs, it's, it's too simple, you know, like working with you guys, you know, I get to kind of play with it a little bit and it's not just trying to figure feedback out. It's trying to get you to sound the best that you can, you know, and half the time. And it's so funny too, when like bands or uh, lead singers and stuff, they're like, oh, well, I sound kind of flat, or, hey, can you turn this up a little bit? And I'm like, I literally have all the EQ off. That is just your normal voice. Yeah. And they're like, really? And I said, yes. And then I'll just tweak it a little bit to kind of just clean it up, especially if you got a deeper voice or a higher pitch voice. I'll kind of put a little more bass in it, or I'll take a little of the bass out, you know, but... Especially like metal, metal is a big one, and even Sean will, you know, tell you this too. It's like when it comes to rock bands or you know heavy metal and stuff like that, it's you can't tell the distinct part of a lead singer's voice, right? If you're in an arena, that is different. Yeah. You know, if you're in an arena or a stadium or an outdoor amphitheater or whatever, that is a big difference because it's more open so the sound can travel farther and you can hear hear it more clearly Mm -hmm. compared to inside i don't have to work as hard as far as trying to get you to clear up all all i really need to do is get you to uh people to hear you and to make sure that you sound as clear as possible so they understand what you're saying you know, unless you're in death metal and nobody can fucking understand Then it, it doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter anyway, you know. And especially, like, um, I had... Uh, do you know who Juliet Angelo is? She's, like, all over town right now. Okay. Um, and she does a lot of, like, country-type stuff. When she moved... I think she was in Texas or wherever. When she moved there to here, we were one of her first shows. Oh, nice. And she was so hard to do because I haven't done a female vocalist in so long mm-hmm. that where and I had to go through her own setup, her own amp and her microphone went through her own amp and her guitar did, too. And trying to just get her to sound relatively decent. And then finally, I asked her if I could um mess with the eq on her amp and she goes yeah and as soon as i did that bam cleared Hmm. you know but stuff like that her instruments aren't loud and you're gonna hear her voice and you know uh i'm dealing with that right now at manny has manny's has talent because i do the sound for that and like there's so many different you know people that are singing and stuff i don't even eq them anymore yeah just because of the fact of they're doing one song and they're singing for the judges. That's all that matters. As long as the judges think it sounds good, that's what, yeah, that's, that's, that's what matters. You know, as we're, we got this next week and then we're going into the semifinals and then the finale and the system's going to get bigger and louder and it'll be outside. So now I really got my work cut out for me because now they're doing two songs a piece and... Whoever wins, you know, if it's a singer or spiked mine, you know, stuff like that. Now it's, they'll perform at the end of it. So now I've really got to, you know, do stuff like that. But I love doing, 
I, I like that event. I just hate doing the soundboard just because I'm dealing with so many different people and half the time they don't tell me what they need until like two minutes before yeah, they're Yeah, communication's a big yeah. deal. You got to just like, rather than be like, oh, well, I don't know. You just got to like be upfront and be like, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I need. Like, can, can we do this? Can we do this? You know, you just got to be upfront and Worst thing is like, no, we can't do that, or no, yeah. we don't have that, or like, whatever, you know? Well, here's a prime example. The first week we did it, we had two guitar players, acoustic guitar. And the first guy came up, and I didn't know he needed a chord yeah. for his guitar. So I didn't bring one. Right. And he uh, didn't have one. You can hear his vocals. Couldn't really hear his guitar, you know, but I sat there and I told him, I was like, I don't have a cord for you. I didn't know I needed to bring one. I was like, realistically, the judges are like 20 feet away from you. That's who you're playing to anyway. So it doesn't matter everybody else. I mean, would it be nice if, you know, the crowd can hear you? Yes. But at the same time, if I don't know to bring it, I can't do it for you. Right. So we didn't plug him in. And then he, um, the next kid comes on with his guitar. He brought his own cord. So I plugged his cord in. And then the other guy's brother got mad because his brother's guitar didn't get plugged in and started fighting with us on it. And it's like, he didn't bring a cord. What do you want me to do? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to go steal this guy's cord for him to use. And I didn't even know that guy had his cord. Right. You know, that was just convenience. So then I, from, from then on, I always made sure I had a cord for them to plug their guitars Still, in. though, that's... You shouldn't have to do that. That's I shouldn't not, have to, you know, but... At it's the like same, you're going to a, a, a competition or a contest or whatever. Like, you better come prepared. Yeah. Bring, bring everything even if you don't need it. Well, even like I told, I tell those guys, this ain't the shit you see on TV. Yeah. And a lot of the... And like, America's Got Talent and even uh, American Idol and shit like that, they do sound checks throughout the day. Yeah. Like, and or even throughout the week before they actually film. They get everything right before they start filming. Mm -hmm. So that they can have anybody come up, sing whatever song they want, play whatever instrument they want. I have literally five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I can only do so much in that five minutes. Right. And it's always rushing. You know, it's like, oh, hey, we got to get this person to perform. And then, you know, if it's, if I go from like, um, a regular singer to you guys, well, I need that time in between to get you guys set up, you know, and they just don't seem to understand that. And I and I told them flat out, like, I love Kayla out there and stuff like that, but I was like, I'm not doing this next year. You can find somebody else. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a pain. It is. It's, it's... But I've met so many great people out there. i met great bands, too. Um, you know, great singers, like... Uh, she just got eliminated this last week, but she was 15. Oh, really? And sang amazing. Or um, KCB's in in the competition, and um, she's uh, she's performing at Jaw Rule. She performed at Lil Wayne. Um, she's also doing Two Chains. And what does she do? She's a singer. Okay. Um, she's also we're having a Barbie party at the end of the month at the bar, and she's performing at that. Spike Mind's performing at that, too, because I wanted to do kind of a... You have the Barbie side and of Ken. it, and you have the Ken side of it. And, like, Spike Mind begged me to be on that. Really? Yeah. That's they're hilarious. like, we will do it. And I said... Those guys are awesome. Yeah, well, and especially when they're like, yeah, 
we're not we're not performing for a while because they want to finish their album and then like the moment that i announced that we were doing that they're like we want to do it and i'm like you just told me you didn't want to do it. Yeah, right. Or you did, You weren't performing, and they're like, "But we'll do that one." I said, "That's a smart idea, though. That yeah. movie's taken off." That's. Have you seen it at all? No, I haven't either. I don't really. I heard it's hilarious. I heard it was good too. Yeah, and like, I gotta credit my staff for doing because I didn't want to do it. Okay. Like I did not want to fucking do it. And they're talking like, you into it. And I'm like a Barbie party. That's just so stupid. And then the movie came out. And finally, I caved, and I'm like, okay, we can do it. It helps when you see how much success the movie's having. Right. Because it's like, okay, well, this is going to be like something that people are going to like gravitate to. Well, the crazy part about it, too, is we're going all out for this one, for that party, too. I went and got banners made. Um, we're doing a costume contest. Smart. To whoever can dr- uh, dress better as Barbie or Ken. Um, we're only doing one grand prize winner for the costume contest, which is a thousand dollars. Um, we are we're gonna have food trucks there. Um, Casey is performing. Spiked Minds performing. We're gonna have photo booth, like all that shit there. You know, special. You know, you uh, drink specials for that specifically. And like, I did not want to do it. I I was like, that's fucking stupid but i didn't even know the movie came out when they started talking to me about it they just they were like it would just be fun because we have a lot of girls that go to our bar which is surprising you know at the same time because you know i love that bar but at the same time it's a dive bar yeah realistically right you know but uh and we're trying to change that around but at the same time i'm like that wouldn't go good here and then like the response we've gotten since i've announced it last month i was like holy fuck you know now they want to do a spongebob party (laughs) um there was another one oh who the fuck was it it was another kind of party they wanted to do and i'm like if the barbie party goes good i'll do a spongebob party yeah but that's smart to like wait and see Before starting to just promote all these other like things, and, and and that's the thing. I give everything a month. Yeah, I will promote something for a month. You know, because I book month by month. Mm-hmm. And like this month was really hard because I wanted I wanted to do a parking lot party. Um, we have the Barbie party come up. Uh, the day after that, we were going to do a mud wrestling competition. That one kind of fell through just because with the new owner taking over and stuff. I didn't know if I had the money for that one. Sure. Um, but I also, I, I wasn't planning on getting booked for rapping the rivers, mm. you know, cause I, I'm DJing for, for three other artists on there, you know, so I wasn't expecting to go there so that I couldn't book nothing that weekend cause I wouldn't be there for it. And, um, you know, so I try to promote every, plus bike night. You know, trying to make bike night the best that I can, you know, because and I don't I don't care if it's a success like on our part. You know, I just care if people come and have a good time. Yeah. And that's the same thing we've been doing every Friday and Saturday night. If you come and show up and have a you know great time, that's all I care about. Like even when we charge at the door, you know, like um, normally that goes to all my bouncers. Like I. The bar keeps none of the door charge. I don't keep any of the door charge. It goes straight to my security. Because I have this this 
thought in my head that if my security's taken care of, then everybody else is going to be taken care of. For sure. You know, because a lot of places where you do go to security, what are they doing? Sitting on a fucking chair, not doing shit. Yeah. If you go to our bar, we have security on the floor. We have um, security outside. You know, we have a guy at the door, uh, ID in, and fucking, uh, we don't want people too much anymore because we haven't had a reason to yet. But I always say yeah because there's always that chance, you know. Sure. Um, but I take a lot of pride just in our security team because realistically, out of everybody, security gets treated like shit at every bar you fucking go to. Yeah. You know, because they get stuck in a corner and that's your job. But we expect you to do all this stuff. But when you're not doing this stuff, you're sitting in that corner. You know, ours at least do shit. And they get paid pretty well. You know, not hourly, of course, but... Friday nights, if we have a thousand dollar night and we have three or four bouncers on, they're walking away with two fifty, three hundred more, sometimes more than the bartenders. Damn. But they deserve that, though. Or at least I feel like because. Well, and if they feel like they're earning that, they're gonna do do more. Yeah. You know, and it's not the same every week. Some weeks sure. they make seventy bucks. Some they make two hundred. You know, but it's at the end of the day, you know, if a fight breaks out. You know, they're right there, you know, trying to not let the situation escalate or get those people out of there before it affects everybody else. Right. You know, or they they see the signs of what's going to happen, you know, of something if something's going to start or not, and then just eliminate it right there. Yeah. You know, and that's all I can ask for, you know. And, like, we've had one of our guys almost get stabbed. You know, but he almost made 350 bucks that night just on the door. <laughs> you know, So it was worth it. Yeah, he's like, it was worth it, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I really try to take care of my staff, too. You know, as long as you, uh, as well as you guys. Yeah. You know, like, uh, who was it? Uh, one of the bands, I can't remember which one it was. They weren't expecting to even get paid, hmm. you know, after their event. I'm like... Why not? You know, it might not be a lot, but at least I'm paying you some because they're like, what well, crap, local, we really don't get paid. You know, or they're, you know, unless they do their own door. Yeah, that's usually know. how it goes anymore. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I mean, I try to do the same thing too, but like at the end of the day, I split it. If it's a bar event, we keep the door. If it's your event, you keep door, do whatever the fuck you want. You know, um, and I keep it separately like that. Unless you ask me spe- uh, specifically what what your asking price is. Like Spike Mine's 125 bucks an hour, I think, or 150, somewhere in there. You know, and I don't have a problem paying that. You know, but also when you got a set price like that, I'm not gonna book you for very long. Right. You know what I mean? Like compared to and and that's just business that's right. not me just trying to rip you guys off or nothing that's yeah, you just, got a you got a bottom line too right you know i get told what i can spend and it's like and if i have five bands okay well if i only have 500 bucks for five bands that's 100 bucks a band yeah you know and but if like you guys came and played for three or four hours fuck i'll pay you that whole fucking thing you right. know because i can't do that shit I don't even like standing up there DJing for oh, two hours. We we have just enough to to get a little over an hour if we had to. 
Well, and and that's you know, and that's the only thing like I can ask. Like when Aaron would book um, EDM shows and stuff, he'd have six DJs on, and they would all have like maybe twenty minutes apiece, and then it's on the next one, you know. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right to me, mm. you know, because like especially in the DJ world, your set time is everything. Yeah. You know, if you're performing, you know, if it's five minutes or an hour or two hours or whatever, you know, but if you're giving them like 15 minutes, half of them don't even want to, you know, curate their own set for a 15 minute show. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, so I try to give people the most amount of time as I can, you know, like if you do a Friday night, you have four hours. You know, if you can't DJ for four hours, at least DJ for two. Right. You know, and I'll find another DJ to do that. But I won't book five different bands or five different DJs because that's not fair to you guys. Right. You know, you might have, you know, just under an hour. And I'm sure, like, especially if you have an album, you want to perform as much as that as you can. Or, you know, stuff you've had before. You know, but at the end of the day, if it's oh, we're going to take all this time to set all our instruments up and then play 15 minutes and then got to tear it all back down. What's the point of even showing up? Yeah, right. That's my least favorite part is yeah. breakdown and set up. <laughs> and it's mine too, you know. But at the end of the day, I just, you know, I try to give the, the maximum attention to whoever's performing. Because yeah. I, I don't give a shit. I'm there till 2 o'clock regardless. You know what I mean? And... Like I said, if you want to do an hour, you want to do a half hour, four hours, hey, have at it. Yeah, and I think I even told, like, realistically, like, even bike night, you know, like, I set the set times for an hour and a half apiece, you know, between you guys and Forrest. Now, if you guys play that whole time, it is what it is. It, that's up to you. Sure. You know, but also, I kind of set that, too, because we're going to have to have setup time as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. You know, so that kind of gives that break in between. Like, Forrest is easy. He has a guitar. That's it. Yeah. You know, guitar, microphone, and he's done. You know, we could set you guys up way before that, you know, and he just needs the middle section and the microphone and to plug his guitar in, you know. So that's an easy transition, you know, and just trying to... Um, I don't know. I, I grew up here and I've been in the music scene for so long that like I know how a lot of artists or bands get treated in the music scene. Like like hip hop has a very bad rap. You know, not just like violence and all that stuff. It's just, you know, well, okay, it's the violence and all that stuff. You know, but like especially like at Bones. That's why a lot of hip hop was banned at Bones because they thought it always provided or promoted violence mm. you know and they thought that their problem was you know the music that was being played there when in real realistic realistically it was the crowd that was right. not not even during shows but just the normal crowd at that bar it doesn't help either trying to do hip-hop in a in a place like montana you know it's yeah and and then and not to say that there's not a crowd for yeah. it it's just it would be different in a, in like a Denver or LA or you know something like that. You know that, that is very true. And that 
use bats. Yeah, go for it. Oh. Awesome. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good, man. So what were we at? We were talking about... Uh, uh, so talking about like music scenes and stuff, especially here in Montana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've noticed um, Montana is very country. Just Billings. I'll just focus on Billings. Is very country and rock. Yeah. And hip-hop and EDM and stuff have been getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if we were having this conversation, say, two years ago, or we'll just say before COVID, everything died as yeah. far as the music scene, right? And if you if you look at it now, there is more, fall, more of a following for every genre, I've noticed, and especially doing this stuff. Like... Your rock shows and your metal shows and stuff always have a crowd. And and I have to say it because there's some the rock and metal genre your guys' genre, you know, has such of the best fans and it's one of the best crowds, like venue wise. Mm. Is like and it's so weird too, because like as far as um respect and you know just want to enjoy the show usually you think they're like the really rowdy crowd and all that stuff right because like and the reason i say that because every other bar i've done stuff in or venue and stuff like that if you ever mention if it's hip-hop if you mention rock or metal or anything they're like ah shit's gonna get broke and you know their crowd there's gonna be fights everywhere and stuff and Every rock show that I have thrown just at Bulls itself, we have never had one problem. Um, we the last show we had with uh, Do Fish Make Noise and what's the other Aurora Fallen? I think no, not Aurora Fallen. Um, oh yeah, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Horizon. Yeah, something Horizon. Yeah, um, with them, shit. They even had a mosh pit. And a circle, they did a, a mosh pit and a circle pit in the bar, and nobody got hurt. Everybody was respectful, you know, stuff like that. So I always have to clarify with that because everybody always has these, you know, ideas on how these shows go and stuff. And it's the same with hip hop, too, because like we had that show, and it was only the two bands, and it was only a two hour show. And then. This is what I love about my job is, is I had, we flipped it to a hip hop show right after that. And then, um, it, it was funny because like, do fish make is more of a punk band, Yeah, you know, and to go from, and then, uh, uh, after the horizon or not after the horizons up, is that what it is? Beyond horizon, maybe I'd have to look at my phone. Yeah. Um, because they're a new band, you yeah. know, but half the band or half the members in Do Fish are in that band, you right. know. So, and they're more of like a metal band, mm-hmm. you know. And then, uh, my friend Noah or Elevated J that I do a lot of stuff with, and I'm his DJ. Um, I, I asked him, I'm like, do you want to perform? Because he was there enjoying the show, you know. Mark uh, Sentinel was there and he was enjoying the show and. Cause he's a metal head and all that stuff, you know? And they're like, yeah, 
let's perform. So then we flipped into a hip hop show and it was probably one of the best shows we've ever done there because people were so surprised that we did it and it worked. And we even had um, Nick, which was the lead singer of Do Fish, mm -hmm. and Zach come, uh, come up there and they were playing drums to the artist's music and stuff, which was really cool. And it was kind of like a hybrid thing. And I was like, I was shocked that it worked the nice. way that it did. And I was like, we got to do this more. And even they said, that, you know, we definitely got to do this more. Because realistically, if you don't book multiple bands, you're going to have a two-hour show. Right. Essentially. Yeah. You know, and same with hip-hop. If you don't do four or five artists, you're going to have a two-hour show. And... But it's so crazy to see where the state of music is now after COVID because I think it's a lot better. I agree, 100%. And, you know, even though that you only have a few venues that still do local, you know, local-wise, like, Craft Local never used to do shit all the time. Oh, yeah. Now they're doing stuff every weekend, mm -hmm. you know, or during the week and stuff like that. Yeah, they have, like, every... I try and book with them, and it's like I got to book three months out almost. Yeah. You know, and like, like Thirsty Street somewhat does stuff. Andy's kind of does stuff. It, Andy's is hard. It's very hard. Like, unless you're doing it in their parking lot. Yeah, that was, we played in the parking lot and that was actually a really good show. I tried to go to that one, but I had an event at the bar mm. during that one. And like, I kept telling uh, Brenna, I was like, I really want to go see their shows, but their shows are always when I have shows. Yeah, it's tough because weekends are the best time to mm -hmm. do shows. So, And then I always tell her, I'm like, I need to get them to come do a show. And finally, uh, talking to David and stuff, and he's like, yeah, this is who I'm thinking about having on the show. And I said, fuck yeah. you know. And then it was an opportunity to book you guys for another show. Yeah, and we'll definitely be doing more because we everybody thoroughly enjoyed playing there. Well, and you know, that, and that's the, that's the crazy thing too because like I bring so much different stuff there. Like, we had a drag show there mm. a few months ago, uh -huh. and it was a hit. Really? Like, and, like, even when I booked it and started promoting it, because um, my barber, and he's one of my friends, too. I've known him since he worked at the uh, America Family Restaurant, you know. Um, he runs his own drag company. And when I booked it, they're like, Really? You know, and, like, at that time, the whole Bud Light thing happened, sure. you know, all that stuff. And, like, you know, a lot of our regulars are like, what? You know, because I don't give a fuck one way or another. I really don't, you know. And I'm like, if it makes money, I don't give a shit. If it brings a crowd, if it don't, it's whatever. Right. Because I'm always willing to try something once. Well, and you gotta, or else you'd never know. Yeah, you know, and... Uh, so we booked it, packed the house, bar did amazing, and then um, even the, our our current owner is very, very right-wing, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, even when he found out that we booked it and stuff, he's like, seriously? <laughs> you know, and because I don't follow him on Facebook because sometimes he says some really stupid shit. <laughs> and when it comes to stuff like that, like just things you disagree with, yeah. And and I'm like, I I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit who you fuck. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't care if you want to be a man or a woman or whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, one of our staff members is trans. And he's one of the best people I've ever met. You know, and we have quite a bit of, you know, like, trans and gay, uh, uh, LGBTQ. Yeah, I can never say it, so I I don't want to butcher it, so I never say it, you know. But we have a lot to do come in our bar. Mm. And then when I booked it, and uh, he found out, or um, one of my staff members found out, he was like, really you booked it and i said yeah and he goes fucking a you know he's like that is awesome you know and it was a huge hit half my half of our staff that wasn't working came in for it that's awesome you know and i we've had some blowback on it you know some of the regulars that are like you know um that's fucked up and all that stuff and it's like one it's for two fucking hours and yeah, Two, you don't have to be there. Yeah, you don't have to be there. And if you don't like it, it's like, I still like you as a person, but, you know, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, because I have no problem telling people to go fuck themselves. You know, and, but it was such a hit. And then I ended up booking two more. Nice. You know, so we got one next month and the one month after that. You know, and it's just, I'm always willing to try it because like i said if it works it works if it don't okay then i just don't do it again you know and because i always try to give i i always try to say they're artists you guys are artists it's an art form if it's music if it's dance it's whatever you know sure i always try to give people an outlet to be able to perform you know because it's it means that i can perform less does that make sense? Yeah, fair enough. You know, and and if it makes money, especially for the bar and stuff like that, I get paid either way, so it doesn't matter to me, you know. But it helps. But it helps. It helps keep your reputation right. in that. Like, since I've taken over um, just in events itself, like our Friday nights have doubled. Nice. And then since I've taken over it, and a lot of that's credited to my staff. You know, I'm not taking all the credit for that, but, you know, um, like every night, you know, in the past fuck few months, like we have damn near doubled every day of the week, you know. That's awesome. And which is great. And like I said, a lot of that has to do with my staff, you know, and but it also gives me an outlet to be able to keep doing the stuff that we're doing, because as long as the bar's making money, I can do more shit. Yeah. You know. For sure. And that's just kind of the way I look at it. And I, I tell everybody that I deal with, you know, don't hesitate to come ask me if you want to do an event. If you want to perform, fuck, come ask me. Like, we had Blake from the Lake. Yeah. You know, and he killed it. You know, and, uh, like, the fuck is it? The 2nd of September, uh, we're doing a wet t-shirt contest. It's like a hip-hop show slash wet t-shirt contest, and. I'm getting more blowback from my wife than anybody else on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, man. I'm glad it's working out. I'm glad, yeah. thing, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on. And, fuck, we'll uh, we'll make sure to promote. Well, I'm glad we got to promote it here. And yeah. we'll definitely get more of the word out on that. You know, we're going to be playing more shows with you. I appreciate that. And then uh, just before we wrap up here, I, I kind of failed to mention this to you, but I'm sure you'll be just fine to, f- to figure something out quick. I always end my episodes with a positive or motivational message from the guest. Okay. 
So if there's anything that you've used in your life or something that just is a kind of a motto to yourself that you like to... Okay, just know that I'm winging this, okay? Yeah, so, my bad. My bad. I <laughs> was not prepared. Um, you know, at the end of the day, always know what you want to do and where you want to go and strive to do that. Because like me, I'm 38, and if I would have kept going normally the way that I was when I was younger, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, right? Um, I always try to strive to be a good person to, you know, help out others. If it's people that I work with, if it's, you know, gaining relationships with, with, you know, um, artists and stuff like that. Most of mine's music based, right? Because that's what I love to do, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I can always make somebody else money. You know, but at the end of the day, it's the relationships that I build with having that outlet for other people. You know, um, that's what I wake up to to be able to strive for. I don't know. Does that work? Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. (laughs) It's I feel bad for not. I'm I'm usually pretty good at giving you a little heads up, but I I dropped the ball. I'll remember for next time. Absolutely. I've been trying to get on your show for a while. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we finally got to make it happen, man. And perfect timing. We can d- double promote yeah. the show, and then I'm glad we got to, you know, get all the other events that are coming up. Get those out there. Plus, make sure to go check this guy out at Rapping the Rivers. Yep. What's the date on that? Uh, August 18th and 19th. There you go. Because I'm sure people are already gonna be checking that out. But for anybody who hasn't heard, go check that out, and uh, come to the show Wednesday. Bike night at Bullwhackers. August 16th at 6 o'clock. Um, if you don't know the address, it's 1517 Broadwater Avenue. And we're in the back. <laughs> and then follow Bullwhackers page for all the events that are coming yeah. up. Sounds like a lot of fun ones. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Hell yeah. And of course, don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it. You've got to keep on going.